Stand up now? Yeah. yeah. Do it for Josh. Yeah. Woo. How are we doing tonight, guys? Doing great. Great? You look great. <laughs> that, like, just Alex was great. Everyone was just like, is that, like, should we answer? Yeah, Alex, you can. I know. I like how the only one in the front row is Alyssa. <laughs> like, that's the hilarious only one in the to me. Your girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's your babe. Thanks, babe. Um, I don't even need <laughs> yeah, you're in like the back row. You're actually in the back, you know. Yeah. You know? She's like on her phone, you know, calling people, Ryan. She's like, oh, when is he gonna be done? Anyways, Romans chapter ten. Uh, Matt taught on Romans chapter ten um, last week, but he got the first half, and so I get to finish out the game like Tom Brady did in the Super Bowl. All of and, um, uh, uh, So we're gonna be starting in verse fourteen. Uh, I have, like, all these notes. The sad thing is is sometimes I'll write notes for my sermons on there, but I haven't had a notebook, so I have notes from Matt's sermon in the margins of chapter 10, so I couldn't actually write any notes for myself. Uh, thanks, Matt. Um, either way, we're gonna, we've are gonna we been walking through Romans. Last week we had Valentine's Day. I treated Alyssa to the most bomb.com night of her life. Um, we did just about everything. Uh, we went to Great Heart. This is not important. Uh, verse 14. Uh, I want to entitle this sermon, Reality Check, Reality Check, and I'm going to read it, we're going to pray together, and we're going to let God speak to us, amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Uh, But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Let's pray. God, um, uh, Lord, I just pray that you meet us here. God, I pray that well, we just get to have a fun night tonight. Uh, God, I pray that we get to learn something. Lord, I just pray that... Um, this is your word, God, and you're speaking to my life. You're speaking to uh, everyone in the, uh, this room's life, God, and we're in all in different contexts. We're all in uh, different walks of life, but God, you want to speak to us uh, individually, God, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, you want to speak to us. And God, we just believe that you're going to do something tonight. We believe uh, that you're going to move in our lives in a real and authentic way. And so, Lord, we just commit everything to you this whole night, Red Robin, Fellowship, everything. I love these people. Let them know that they're loved tonight. And now, uh, Lord, we just lift this time up to you. And in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So within this context, uh, to give this kind of some backbone, uh, Paul's talking about the nation of Israel. He's talking about their disbelief. Because uh, at this point, uh, Paul, even at one point in his ministry, is even saying, I'm done preaching to these Jews. He'll preach to the Jews, but he will move on to the Gentiles. Uh, he's uh, he's kind of breaking down, as you see, he's uh, quoting obscure portions of scripture between Isaiah and the Psalms, and he's using uh, different uh, tools to show that 
Israel's disbelief is actually prophesied about. We not, need not be um, uh, surprised about that because God called it out in, since the very beginning of time. He uses Moses. He uses uh, uh, the, the Psalms and uh, all these other uh, uh, Old Testament scriptures. And so that's kind of our backbone, and, and Matt kind of hit on that last week. And, um, and so uh, as we read this... Um, uh, we will see kind of his different shots and the different pictures he's trying to uh, trying to paint for us. But um, how many of you guys had a middle school relationship? Middle school relationships? Am I the only one? Raise your hand. Don't loud and proud. Come on, Liz. I know you had a middle school boyfriend. Loud and proud. Three yep. hours. Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. All right. First relationship ever. Joshua was a uh, self-conscious. Uh, eighth grader, um, and I somehow landed a girl, and it happened. So, you know, uh, A, I had no idea how to talk to girls. I know this is uncharted territory for me, so I have no idea. I didn't even hang out with her for two weeks. The, the two weeks that we spent together was me walking her to a class and then texting her from the safety of my own home. You know, like that was the extent of the relationship. I broke up with her because it was awkward, and then I wanted her back ten minutes later, okay? That's besides the point. Um, listen, I'm sorry you have to hear this, but, uh, so, so one day, one day, uh, I'm walking through the halls and, uh, you know, you, you, you got to prove yourself in middle school, you know, it's kind of an awkward, uh, uh, time and I'm already an emotional guy. So it's already going south. So, um, so one day I see, I see, I see my girlfriend, you know, I'm like, I see her walking out the hall. I don't know what I do. So I just keep walking. I just pretend I don't see her, but I see her walking with Brandon Myers, man. And Brandon Myers was a former flame. To my girlfriend, okay? Sorry, Brandon, if you're listening to this, you know, I'm name dropped. But, um, and so uh, the natural thing, the natural thing, uh, a friend of mine comes up to me, and he says, hey, bro, like, hey, did you see that? Did you see, I saw them, and they're like, they're like kind of flirting, you know? You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and so he gives me this information, and he, he kind of lays it out for me, and it's as if to say, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm like, you got to prove yourself, Josh. You got to go, you got to punch him in the face. I'm not going to punch him in the face. You know, this is the battle yeah. that's going on within me. And I'm a wreck. I'm an emotional wreck. Uh, so well, I do what uh, any emotional eighth grader does. Not a thing. Okay. <laughs> didn't do anything. Internalize my emotions and brought it into high school. But, um, <laughs> But what, what I wanted to highlight, what I wanted to highlight uh, more than anything in this story is that sometimes when we get certain information, it, it, it kind of asks us a question. And so when I read this portion of scripture, I see Paul, and especially when I read it and the Holy Spirit talking to me personally, uh, God's asking me a question. And I think God wants to ask us six uh, particular questions. And, and, and I hope um, that he's asking you this too, because he's asked me this. As I read this portion of scripture, he's, he's asking me certain questions, and, and, and they're kind of big questions, but they're kind of the simple, uh, simple story of the gospel. And so as I read this first one, uh, it says, how then, uh, will, how then will they call on him uh, whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in him of, who, of whom they have never heard? Wow, that was weird. Um, so he wants to he wants to point it uh, to have faith to believe is to receive. You know, you receive Christ. You put your faith in Jesus. How are they going to believe in Him who they have not heard? Mm -hmm. And so when I hear this, you know, it's obviously it's basic um, um, uh, theology about you know soteriology, as we would say, saving knowledge, so to speak. And uh, the first thing that I really 
pressed on me was, uh, are we believing? Are we believing? You know, like I said, when we believe, we receive. And when we believe the word of God, we believe his promises. We believe who he is as his character. But do we actually uh, believe it? And I know this is kind of like a redundant question, and maybe this is just me, but have you been in those meetings where that person's going through that thing, and you're sitting there, you know, giving them the Bible knowledge, but the minute you go through the same storm, Mm -hmm. that knowledge withers away, and it's gone, it's nothing. And do I believe these certain things? Um... One of the one of the hugest like the biggest things, especially in my walk, I and I've only been doing this for about a year and a half. I've only been walking with Jesus for, uh, you know, I remember in the beginning, you know, you just get super happy, but eventually you get to that point where you're in your day in and day out grind. You're just kind of doing the Christian thing, and it's not and it's sneaky. It's not actually a big monumental moment, but it's just like I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm quoting the scripture, I know the scripture. But there comes a point where you actually think you're a little bit more grown up than you are. Does that make sense? And so, you know, you remember when you were a kid and you believed anything? Do you remember that? Uh, I remember one uh, Easter, uh, all my grandparents had to do is put one bunny rabbit foot in the, the grass, and I was sold, okay? Like, I was like, that is real. The Easter Bunny is real, and I believe it. And it didn't matter what my sister told me. Um, I was going to believe that sucker. You know what I mean? And uh and it's, it's something, you know, you remember that feeling, you know, you're just like, it's just like that awe, wonderment, you know, you just, I, like, I believe it, you know what I mean? You could just believe anything, you could tell me anything, and I could just, I'll do it, I'll believe it, I'll believe the Easter Bunny, I'm going to set out the cookies, and if the cookies are half eaten by Christmas morning, Santa Claus is alive, praise the Lord, hallelujah, you know? So, um, more than anything, especially uh, when I ask myself, am I believing, am I believing, do I have a childlike faith? Because, you know, you hear, you, I, I, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, for a while you just get, you know, you hear about the God's miracles and you hear about the healings and everything. And, and I don't know what was in me. Maybe it was me trying to be bigger than I am or try to be more grown up than I thought I was. But uh, you stop to believe all the miracles. Oh, you know, you, you might even start despising them at some point. I don't know if you've been there. I know I've been there been on this walk where, you know, I'm so into theology, oh, I know the Bible, I know this, and all that, but you just, you lose the fire. Jesus says, come to me like this child. Mm-hmm. Come to me. Just believe. Just believe. I remember when, uh, 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 no, I'm going to switch somewhere else. You guys ever read Hebrews 11, chapter, or verse 1? Chapter 11, verse 1. It's classic. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And the convictions, conviction of things not seen. I looked up uh, assurance and conviction in the Greek. Uh, assurance is hypostasis. And this, one of the de- definitions, especially within the context of Hebrews, it is uh, confidence, firm trust, firm trust, assurance, uh, uh, a steadfastness of mind, uh, a firmness, uh, courage, resolution. Um, you remember when you were a kid, I don't know, like, I, for me, when I was with my dad and we were driving, and you know what I mean, it didn't matter. I never actually wondered what was going on outside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we could have been in the most treacherous situations. And, you know, like, I've driven, like, it totally changes. Have you, have you ever driven with your parents? Have you ever driven with your parents? It is borderline hell. 
okay? It's like, it's ridiculous because they quote and they're just like, oh, oh, like, you know, slow down, you know, like, go to speed limit. I'm like, I am. Like, you know, it's, it's like I'm tense, you know? But uh, I remember driving my nephew to school and he's just sitting back there kicking his legs, you know? He's like doing his thing. We're talking about video games and like, you know, it's just a matter. I could like run a stoplight and I could like be speeding, going 95 down the highway and we'd still be talking about, you know, whatever he wanted to talk about, you know? And, and I, I, I see a picture of you and me that though we're, we're just in the back seat, can we just believe that God's got our back, that we have an assurance, a hypostasis is the, uh, I don't know even how, if you could pronounce it that way in the Greek, but, uh, um, but are we like that? Is that our mindset when we go and we look at the miracles of God, we look at his word, we look at the promises of God, you know, do, are we just quoting it? Or are we sitting in the back seat just saying, yep, you know, just like I'm believing it. I'm believing. And so I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'm going to enjoy the ride. The next word I looked up, it was, uh, I don't, I don't think I could pronounce this, but the word conviction is elegos, elegos. Really weird. Can't even pronounce it. Uh, its definition within its context, it says, a proof that by which a thing is proved or tested. You could take it to the bank. It's a conviction. I know this is true. I don't see it, but it's proven itself to me. The more I read God's word, this is God's proving of himself throughout history. Right. This is a historical document. We have written for us God's faithfulness unto man. Mm-hmm. We could take it to the bank because he is sure. And he wanted to give us every tool so we could have faith in him. Amen? Um, think about this. Think about, you guys know the story of the woman who, uh, who had a bleeding problem for 12 years? Uh, Jesus is on his way. He's on his way to go heal another girl. Jesus didn't come up. You know, her, her words, I'm going to read it to you. It's in Mark chapter Five verse uh, verses uh, twenty four and uh, is and with a great crowd followed him throng and thronged about him there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for twelve years and who had suffered much under many physicians and spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And these are her, her words, guys. Pay attention to this. For she said, if I touch his, even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried out and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceived in himself that power had gone out from him. And immediately he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around me? And yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing that what had, uh, what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, your faith, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Well, it's a huge picture. She didn't need Jesus to tell her. She didn't need a promise from God. All she knew is like, this guy is a healer. And I've got recorded, you know, I've heard about it. I'm going to believe it even if I touch the hem of his garment. She didn't tap him on the shoulder and like, he's like, oh, you know, like, you know, I've kind of got this thing, you know, 12 years, 12 years. What, what, what pain? I don't know. We all have pain. What pain do you have in your heart that you've maybe have gone to every physician? You've tried to do every self-help book. But the minute you say, you know what, I'm going to believe God's going to heal me in this. 
I'm going to believe God's going to heal me because he's proven himself to me. And so I'm going to kick my feet back up in the back seat and I'm saying, you know what? I trust God. I've been waiting 12 years and now I have my moment and I can just touch the hem of his garment. And you know what I love about this picture? Jesus wants to make a point to turn his face to the woman. Can you realize that, you know, how much faith this actually was? She could actually get in very, a, a lot of trouble for what she did. Bleeding, discharge of blood, that was a secret thing. She, didn't, she probably didn't tell anyone. You know why? Because to a Jew, she would be unclean. They would kick her out of society. She was a reject. But God said he turned his face to that person. Surely, I mean, surely, you never know how she would arrive. She came in fear and trembling, and she told him the truth. She thought she was going to get in trouble. But God looked her in the face and says, your faith has made you well. God wants to make you well. All it takes is a little bit of faith. Amen? It's good. Amen. So I look at the next thing, the next question we ought to ask ourselves. Uh, and how are they to believe in him? Uh, hold on. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Second part of uh, 14. Uh, are we preaching? Are we preaching? And, and you've heard it. You know, this is not this is not only this is not only my very words. Uh, am I going to downtown Portland and standing on a soapbox and preaching and telling people about Jesus? Uh, this is this kind of goes beyond preaching also. Um, when I think of this, you know, we're all kind of preaching something in our everyday lives, don't you? You know. You know, you, you hear the term, you know, uh, preach the gospel, sometimes use words, and you, you, you do need words, but I see the principle within it. Yeah, yeah. It's a lifestyle. What am I preaching with my life? Uh, I like reading 1 John um, in chapter 2. It's in the Message Bible. It's just a chunk. Um, uh, it's the person who loves brother and sister who dwells in God's and doesn't block the light from others. Um, he's saying right here, if you don't love your neighbor, he's saying if you love the neighbor, you don't block the light for everyone else. But when you don't love your neighbor, when you don't live righteously, when you don't live your life on a call, live your life as, an, an, as to an audience of one, you are blocking the light from going forth in the world. We're preaching something. You know, what is that thing you've been compromising in? Are you, you know, what's, what's the little thing? What's the little thing that someone could point their finger at you and say, hey, I thought you were about this, but you're living a totally different life over here. John would like to say, you're blocking the light. Hmm. We're all preaching something. And it's not always with words, but it does happen with words. I'd like to say, um, the words that we choose, especially in our culture today, guys, have you seen social media? And it's not even political things. It's everything. Right. Everyone has an opinion. I have a right to my opinion, don't I? I have a right to my opinion. But not everything, though it is lawful for me, not all things are beneficial for me. That's, right. That's what Paul says. Though I have an opinion doesn't mean that it's going to land myself. What am I preaching? What am I talking about? What opinions have I developed about myself? What do I protect so much? What, what opinion do I protect more than I protect Jesus Christ and the gospel and the, 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 the treasure that is in me? Do you, are you catching what I'm saying? Um, James in uh, chapter 3 verse 4 says, Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by small, very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. He's talking about the tongue. He's talking about our words. Can I submit to you, can I tell you guys that our very words are pointing people somewhere? Mm -hmm. They're pointing people somewhere. 
and our job with our words, are we speaking life into people? Are we holding grudges? Are we, are we bashing people groups? Are we bashing the left? Are we bashing the right? Who are we? What are we doing? Where are we pointing people? I want to point people to Christ. That's good. I want to use my tongue. I want to use my words to encourage people. It doesn't matter who's to blame because everyone needs Jesus at the end of the day. Um, I would like to say our, our hope, uh, America's hope, we get a lot of, like, um, I guess I could go there, but uh, in politics, uh, a lot of people like to put their hope in a government. I'd like to say my hope is not in a government or a politician or a political program. My hope is in the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the head, mm-hmm. and he's the only hope for humanity. He's the only hope. And so instead of us going out and marching and, and, and posting all these things, oh, look at this, oh, like, what about the, the women's march? What about this? What about this? Instead of standing on my opinion in these political issues, why don't I get out there and start preaching the gospel That's right. with my lifestyle, with my, with my very words? Where are, where are the gospel people when people are marching for their rights, someone standing up and preaching Jesus? And preaching Jesus. People who are trying to find hope in these different things and different opinions. And they're putting so much stock in the president of the United States. And uh, and God is working his plan through America's government and through all the authorities. And we need to submit and we need to pray for the authorities that govern this world. But our hope is not in them. Our hope is not in them. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. We have to put all of our stock into who he is. Um, Why would we talk about anything else? Why would we talk about anything else? I want to steer people to Jesus. Check out what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. It doesn't give me any grounds for my opinion at all. My pure, the pure gospel, unadulterated, not, not switched to my agenda. Matt talked about it last week. We often two times use scripture to fit our agenda. But, but when we preach the pure gospel, it leaves no room for our opinion to slip through. Check it out. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul says there's a necessity on him. There's a hankering in his heart. He says, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. Far be it from me if I don't preach the gospel. I want to preach the gospel 24-7 365 days a year. And that's not just cliche. I want that. I really want that, guys. I hope I'm not the only one that wants to preach the gospel every second of my life. Because life is precious. And what we do here matters. There's only so much time. I want to be a game changer. I do. I really believe. I believe I can do big things for God in this very small life that I have. So even in this very room, if we each brought five people to Christ in one year, that's, I can't do the math that quick, let's be honest, <laughs> but it'd be a lot more people. I don't want to spend my life wasting it. I want to preach the gospel every way. I'm always, I want to give people my best. I want to give people my best, and my best is the gospel. Amen? I'll look at the next verses uh, in verse 15. Um, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Um, am I about the kingdom of God? I mean, am I about sending people? Am I, is my money going towards people in need? Am I, is, my, is my money going towards missions trips? Is my money uh, going towards people that are making a difference in the world? Am I willing to pay that cost uh, by any means? 
am I willing to say, God, here's my money. I'm going to move in faith. And it doesn't matter. It takes every, my time, my talent, and my, uh, uh, and my treasure, my money. It's yours, God. And all I want to do is further your kingdom. You know, one of the biggest reasons, check this out. I read this the other day. Proverbs 24, verse 11 and 12 in the Message Bible says, uh, Rescue the perishing. Don't hesitate to step in, help, step in and help. If you say, hey, that's none of my business. And I want to stop us there. Oftentimes, when we shy away from an opportunity to serve people, it's the it's that's none of my business. That's not my ministry. You know, I got too much things going on. I'm going to be I'm going to be at another Bible study next week. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to go do something else to uh, to do this. Uh, oh, it's not convenient for me to talk to that person in Starbucks right now. So I'm just going to it's none of my business. It's none of my business. Can I say it's your business because we're in the business of saving lives. And check out these check out these next verse. Uh, the rest of the, the scripture it says. Will that get you off the hook? Someone is watching you closely, you know. Someone not impressed with weak excuses. So we get quite the picture, don't we? We get quite the picture. It's quite sobering for me. If we're seeing people, we're seeing people, people that don't have their faith in Jesus, uh, they will spend eternity burning in the lake of fire. That's theology. That's, that's, that's for sure in the scriptures. And so what, what, what is it to us when we see someone, maybe someone that doesn't know Jesus, maybe someone we don't even know, are we seeing them go towards that, that path to death and destruction? What are we doing to step in the gap for them? Jesus said, go to the highways and the hedges and compel them, compel them, compel them. I want to be a part of the change, people. I want to be, I want to step in the gap. I want to tug and pull. No, please, you don't want to go that way. And it's not an argument. I don't have to sit there and, and give them theological stuff. I can just compel them. Jesus has changed my life. You don't have to know a lot to preach the gospel, people. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, I need uh, this kind of knowledge. And it's good to have that knowledge. But you don't, you know, all you need to do is have a fire and a passion in your belly and say, hey, hey, hey. Here's the way. Here's the truth. Here's the light. Let me show you what Jesus has done in my life. Let me tell you what he's done uh, in my family and what he's done around me. He's impacted my life so much. Can we be that people? Can we be that people to say, you know what? I'm not going to make an excuse because God's watching. God's watching. And I don't want to get up to heaven and thought I missed out on an, an, uh, an opportunity to bring people to Jesus. To say, oh, man, I, I was complacent down there. I was complacent down there. You know, it says that Jesus will wipe away every tear. And um, I, don't want, I don't want him wiping away tears for me and thinking, man, I missed out on so much. I missed out on so much. I missed so many opportunities to share my faith. I missed out on so many opportunities. I was so worried about me. I was so worried about being a busy bee and doing ministry and, and reading my Bible that I forgot to tell people about the love, about the treasure that I found. Are we sending? Are we sending ourselves? Are we setting ourselves up to serve in the kingdom of God? Um, he says, he says, uh, blessed are the feet of those who preach the gospel, who share the good news. Uh, this thought, uh, uh, the feet, um, even in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, uh, be fitted with the shoes of the gospel of peace for the readiness to be prepared. Uh, feet. In, in this in this context in the Greek mind it is to it is uh, symbolism for activity motion movement uh, progress 
These are words associated with feet. And so when you see someone moving for Jesus, uh, how many of you guys ever seen a, a, a fireman when you were a kid? Like, you know, have you ever been there? Have you ever had like that crazy uh, emergency moment and then the fireman came and you're just like, whoa, like you're just like, I don't know about you. Like, I'm just like, as a kid, you think these guys are larger than life. You know what I mean? You're just in there, oh, like he's, you know, there goes my hero. You know, like he's like, and they're just running into the fire, and like you just want to salute them as they're going yeah. into the fire because they're going in there. Uh, I think that same thing could be said about people who are willing to give anything to share the gospel. Blessed are the, those who are moving for God, who are willing to give everything, even their very lives, for the furtherance of the gospel. We leave a legacy once we give everything. We put everything into spreading the good news, and people will be like, wow, I want to be more like that. Mm. You know, how many, how many elementary school boys want to be firemen because they've seen the larger-than-life people, these firemen who go into uh, uh, burning buildings to save people? Can we be that same people that go into burning buildings to go to the scraps of, of, of Portland, the places where no holy men will go or holy women will go, but to go down into the dirt and meet people where they're at? That's my hero. That's my hero. Are we sending ourselves? Are we setting ourselves up? Um, one more thing. Can we believe for big things uh, for God? Can we believe that he's going to do big things with our little? Can we believe, you know, maybe you're here right now and you think, oh, man, I don't have enough. Uh, enough. I've got college bills. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't have much. i got bills to pay. Guess what? God can do a lot with your little. Mm-hmm. He can make, don't, don't disqualify yourself. Don't ever disqualify. Mm-hmm. God, I only got five minutes. All right. Watch what I'll do with the five minutes. You got five minutes at Starbucks, you see that person, they're breaking down crying. You have five minutes. He's like, God's like, you go talk to him. I only got five minutes. That'll be enough to make a difference in that person's life. And guess what? You know what the reward is? You have to see him in heaven, and you're going to have people come up to you, and they're going to be like, you know what you did? You know what you did? In that five minutes, you changed my life. And I went home, and there was a pastor waiting there. I don't know how he got there, but, uh, you know, and <laughs> I don't know how he got there, but he was passing out flyers, and I, I gave my heart to Jesus, and, and it was all because you prayed for me in that Starbucks. You had a little bit of time, and God did a big thing out of it. Amen? So let's be sent. I'll look at these next uh, few verses, uh, verses 16 through 18. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. He's talking about Israel. Um, For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. So he brings our attention to Israel once again. he brings us. He makes uh, he makes us realize that they have rejected, and we've talked about this previously. Uh, they have rejected the simple gospel. And he says, "Yeah, they all have." And he makes this uh, exaggeration. He uses a psalm here to say that um, it's gone out through all the earth. That's actually not true. He's using this as an exaggeration because uh, actually around this time, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he was probably making a, a planning a missionary trip to Spain because there's people there that didn't know Christ. It was only out throughout, but one thing for sure is that it was spread, still spreading through the Roman Empire and that all the Jews have been preached to for the most part, as far as he knew what we could say. And he says, they rejected. 
They know the truth, but they will be held accountable for it. They're held accountable. They knew. They just rejected. They, re- they, they rejected. Uh, I know he's not, he's not necessarily talking to us. He's not necessarily saying, oh, you, I mean, we've all taken responsibility. We've all expressed faith in Christ. But I'd like to say that we are held accountable for what we know. We're held accountable for what we know. And I know this is super gospel-centered, but we know the gospel. Are we owning it? Are we owning it? When I receive God's word, am I, am I owning it in my life? I'm saying, that's mine. Am I believing it? I, I want to live righteous. I am the righteousness of God. That's a declaration about you and me. I am the righteousness of God, so I don't need to sin anymore. If you feel like you're a slave to sin in this room, you are not, because whom the Son sets free is free. What? Indeed. That's right. Indeed, that's the word of God. And when you believe it, you receive it in your heart and you own it. I want to own it. I want to own the gospel. I want to have it. I don't want to be held accountable. I don't want to go up in heaven and say, I wasted the gospel. I don't want to hold it all for myself. You saw it. He's not pleased with my weak excuses. I don't want to make excuses anymore. I don't. I want to bring people to Christ. I want to share my treasure with the world because he's changed my life. He's changed my life. It doesn't matter. I, he's touched everyone in this room one way, shape, or form. And it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful how he reaches us. And I, far be it from me, far be it from me, far be it from us to not share that with the world. I want to own it. I want to live it with my everyday life. The next, uh, my next point, and we're coming, we're, we're getting there. Chap, we got two more points, guys. Stick, stick with me, all right? Um, verses 19 through 20. But I asked, did Israel not understand? First Moses said, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. Who, with a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. Now he's taking shots. He's calling out the nation of Israel once again. He's saying, uh, yeah, he's, this is actually prophecy about you not believing in Christ. And so what does God do? What does he do? Uh, since the Israelites won't do it, he opens the gospel for the entire world. He says, out of a, out of a, I'll make you jealous of those who aren't even a nation. I'll make you jealous of the least of you, in your minds. Huge point about the Jews at this point in time. They are, they are, uh, they think their race is supreme over uh, everyone because they're God's chosen people. If a Jew were to interact with a Gentile, they would have to perform a cleansing ritual because of how ridiculous they were serious about being clean, right. being clean. And God says, because you've rejected my son, I will make you jealous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change everyone's uh, world around you. And I think this is a message from you and me. Um, are we open-handed? Are we open-handed? Um, let me explain this a little bit more. Uh, we live... Um, So when, when I look at the nation of Israel, you see them, they're really tight-fisted. They don't want to share their God with people. They're tight-fisted. And can I say this? When, when God says something like this, he says that the gospel is for everyone. It's for everyone. And it's for the people that you don't even expect. Have you ever thought, oh, the gospel, the, you know, Christianity is not for that guy. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever looked at that person like, oh, man, you know, he's so far from it. I like to say that he is. We live in a world, it's inclusive, but I like to say it also has exclusivity to it. 
and I want to explain that. Uh, though we live in a world where people want to believe what they want to believe, and why can't I believe what I want to believe? Uh, God says there's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ and having faith in him, right? But here's a great picture for you and me to share with them. Yes, there's only one way to Christ. There's only one way to the cross. But when you get to the cross, when you get to the cross, I think it's great that Jesus didn't die like this. Right. You know what I mean? He's just like judging you and like, hey, hey, been a while. No, Jesus's <laughs> arms, Jesus's arms are like this. Come to me. It's as if he wants to give us a big old fat hug. He just says, come to me, all who are heavy laden and weary. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest for your soul. I love the message translation. It says, um, are you burnt out on religion? Are you burnt out doing the, the, the day in, day out, whatever, trying to get it, get salvation for yourself? Come to me. I'll give you rest for your soul. Like my arms are wide open to you. Come to me. Can we be that? Can we be that to people? Are we open-handed? Are we open-handed to everyone, even that person that hurt you? Can you be open-handed, that person? And so this is my last point, and this ties it in with the last um, my uh, with the last verse here. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. He's, you know, he's just bashing them. He's just saying, yeah, these guys rejected me, and they're responsible for not accepting Christ. I, I'm just, my hand's out there, and they just reject it. They're ridiculous people. And it makes us focus a little bit on Israel. Oh, man, those, those guys are so disobedient. They're so, like, contrary to God, you know? Like, forget Israel. But I'd like to bring ourselves to the character of our God. When did, when did God pull his hand back from Israel? When in, in that verse did God, did it say, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people? God didn't pull his hand back. Are we keeping our hand out there? He closes this idea. Um, though, though they were those who rejected Christ, who is that unsavable person that you know? Who is that person that hurt you in the past? Who is that person you're like, there is no way God could get a hold of that person? Are we holding our hands out still willingly, no matter what, no matter what that person did to us in the past, no matter what that person has said about our faith, whoever mocked us, are we willing to turn the other cheek and lend out a hand to that person? Check it out. You think it's impossible. This is what he says and God says of himself. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27. Is there anything too hard for me? Can we, can we still believe in a God like that? Can we still believe in the impossible? Can we still believe that God could still move in our schools, even though our government says, oh, no, church and state, there's a division. That never stopped God. That can't stop God. Are we willing to move in faith? Are we willing to preach the gospel with our lives when we infiltrate these different places and spaces that God puts us under? He puts influence around us. Are we willing to preach the gospel? Can we be that people? Can we still do that? Uh, are we willing to 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 do that? Do whatever at whatever it takes to do uh, uh, to preach the gospel. Are we willing to spend whatever? Are we willing to be flexible? Um, are we are we willing to own it? Are we willing to hold our hand out to everyone, no matter what it is? Are we through it all? We're just believing God. I want to be more like God. I want to reach out to people that 
probably don't deserve it. Um, you know, God's going to move you to those people that you'd expect. And, and if you've been attending our church, we have a five-friend focus, and I have mine filled out. And maybe you don't have that person in your influence anymore, and it's the last person you'd expect. I've got five people on my list, the last people I'd expect to ever come to Christ. But I want to have faith like a child. I want to have faith like a child. And guess what? God's going to move you. God's going to move you to places that you never expected. Even this very week, tragedy happened in my life. Um, a close family friend. I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity. We all have an opportunity. You never see it coming. Life is short, guys. People deserve our best. People around us deserve our best. And my best is the gospel. That's the, that's the best I got. That's the best I can ever do is point people to Jesus Christ. And I want to do so with every part of my being. We ought to be people that way. We ought to live that way. You never know when your last day is. So live, I mean, live like every day is your last, right? Mm-hmm. Tell more and more people about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Uh, God, Lord, I just pray for everyone in this room, God. God, that you've all you've all called us to be evangelists. God, you've called us to be uh, uh, your children, to be your the carriers of your message, God. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us, God, that we would believe again, that we wouldn't get stuck in, in maybe spiritual maturity or, or thinking that we're bigger than we are, God, but that you would uh, that you would make us like children again. And God, that we could just run around to people and tell you, tell people how how great our God is and uh, what you've done in our lives, God. And we could just preach the gospel. God, I pray that right now you're birthing in people uh, right now ways and and, and different ministries, God, that young children or all the people in the world will come to know Jesus. God, I pray that you have a perfect plan on how you're going to reach people in, um, in our everyday lives through each individual person in this room. So, Lord, I just uh, I commit all of us, I commit all of us to your plan and to your commission, God, to go out into all the world, uh, whether it be Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. God, I just pray that you, we would just respond. We would respond to where you want us to go. And, Lord, that people would come to Christ. God, I pray for, I pray for the, the big things you have for us, the big things. God, we're not believing for small things. God, we believe it's going to be big. You, you have big plans for us. You want to touch lives through us, God. Let us be like a child. So, Lord, we commit the rest of this night to you. God, we love you so much. And uh, we just we let your word soak into our hearts so we may share the gospel with others. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Let's give it up for Josh, guys.